Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Temple of Hoop podcast. I'm your co-host, Coach Maples, here as always with the homie Kings, with the do-rag going, Kings. What's popping, my guy? Just trying to get through this rough NFL season. <laughs> Another rough NFL year. Also with us, Jordan, once again, Jordan, rules of taproom sports. Jordan, last, last, what's going on? In sync shirt, got to respect the vibes. What's going on with you? Sir, I'm, I'm good, man. I, I can't be laughing at Kings too much because my, my NFL team ain't much better. So, man, yeah. I told y'all before we hit the record button, the Cowboys are 10 and 3, but I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous, man. This is it's my last year on the DAC train, man. We, we can't beat Tom Brady. At age 47 with that team in Tampa Bay in the first round of playoffs, I'm just I'm giving up the ghost, man. Uh, I mean, I need to go back and, and pull up the tweets when you were when you were calling me out when I was telling you Dak was mid in the beginning of the year. You might have to, but I just I'm giving up the ghost this year. You know, if it don't happen this year, if I don't get at least a playoff win this year, I just I'm I'm giving it up, man. I'm 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 off the train. Brady future cowboy quarterback. Dak's cap hit is like 90 mil next year. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> so the, or the cap penalty for releasing him is like 90. He got like 75 mil up front. So the cap, the release off the, the, the cap penalty off the release is too nasty. He's going to be quarterback for at least two more years. Ooh. So we'll see. Anyway, let's get to the hoops. Start off with the huge game that happened Saturday, Warriors-Celtics. I got to lie, you guys. I was surprised. Warriors come out and handle business without – Andrew Wiggins beat the, beat the Celtics going away 123-107. Clay, 34 points, 14 and 26, 4 with 11 from 3. Steph, 32, 7 and 6, 12 and 21, 6 11 from 3. And the shocker, big game, Jonathan Kuminga, 14 and 5 on 6 of 9, shooting 1 of 2 from the three point line and some excellent two way play, lockdown defense and rebounding on the other end. Kings, me and you are big Kuminga proponents from Summer League. We saw him live. Good to see him uh, going on the Celtics side of it. Jalen Brown, 31 and 9, 13 and 23. Tatum, 18.6 of 21, 2 of 9 from three point range. I still think the Celtics are the best team in the NBA, but a troubling trend is Tatum's games against the Warriors going back. Yeah. Six, six out of 18, 8 for 23, 9 for 23, 8 for 19, 3 for 17. Uh, those are five of his last six games. Against the Warriors, he does have a ten of twenty game there. They did they lost that game though. His struggles against the Warriors are consistent. I thought he would have a chance to break out because no Wiggins was giving him the most trouble in one one on one defense, but that was not a factor. Kaminga did a great job. Looney did a great job. <laughs> Probably the oh, best yeah. switch, best switch big in the NBA. No lie, or up there on a, maybe a short handful of guys who can get out there and do it. Quick reaction to this game, this game in a nutshell, and then the bigger picture in terms of what you guys take away from the Warriors and the Celtics. I started this year. Last year when the Warriors played the Celtics at this point, the Warriors were 21-5. and five, The Celtics were 13-13. and 13. This year, exact reversal. Warriors 13-13, Celtics 21-5. and five. Very ironic how that worked. Start with you, Kings. What was your takeaway from this game? And then in the bigger picture, what kind of did that tell you? Um, just Kaminga's growth. Um, having that option there is going to be huge for them in the playoffs if he continues to develop because he'll give them more size, more athleticism, more versatility. Uh, you can never have too many two-way wings. Um, and the Warriors just keep, keep, seem to keep reloading on them. Uh, Harrison Barnes, Spades, KD, Iguodala, now Kaminga Wiggins. I mean, they just keep getting more somehow around Steph and, and Clay, they just keep reloading. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a big, uh, big, big sign for them. Uh, 
and just seeing Looney still moving so well, you know, despite all that he's been through physically, uh, just he still keeps being solid and consistent. That's another great sign for them as well. Um, yeah, man, the Warriors are just the Warriors at this point. I mean, Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry are, you know, they're the Splash Brothers for a reason. I mean, in any game, any game, they can see a ball go in and both of them can, can you know, light you up. It just It's just any game with those two. And, yeah, with, with, between them, between having the, the plethora of wings and, and versatility on the front court, from Draymond to Kaminga to Looney to Wiggins when he comes back, um, they're tough. Bro. They're just tough. And then they have a, you know, Jordan Poole, even though he hasn't been that good this year, he still at least gives you the the potential, uh, you know, spark off the bench that, you know, some of the earlier teams, you know, didn't have in terms of the versatility of scoring and, and creating from one guy off the bench. Uh, they they had a deeper bench in prior in prior years in terms they had multiple guys doing multiple uh multiple guys doing certain things but you know Jordan Poole kind of does a lot of things uh for them so he gives them that that nice bench piece so I mean you know the real issue is is the Celtics is Tatum uh, whether it's mental whether it's a, a combination of mental and scheme that the Warriors have and well just matchup advantage and uh you know I mean it's it, it, it's it's troubling. Uh, the Warriors give a lot of those wings trouble. Um, you know, even if you dang back to 2016 when you saw uh, KD play against them, he he he, you know, he has his struggles. Uh, you even go back to the championship year against Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard did not have a – that was, I think, his worst series that playoff run, if I was mistaken. It was. It was. Golden State was not even healthy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like Golden State gives give wings a lot of trouble. I mean, the only wing you see – uh, dominate them on consistent with consistent basis really was LeBron and yes because he was just attacking the paint relentlessly you know what I'm saying doing giving them rim protection attacking them where it hurt which was their lack of size so um, it's it's tough if you're not a wing who can really live at the rim they're gonna make your life a living hell uh, trying to just take those contested jumpers over their length and their discipline so um, yeah I mean you know Tatum he's just gonna have to find a way to uh get inside more, get deeper more on him, uh, you know what I mean, get more, get strong, get, get physical with him. And uh, I, that's kind of how, why you think, you know what I mean? You know, it's, 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 it's funny because, you know, Jalen Brown, you know, he, he's, he's good at, he's good at, you know, finding ways, he's good at finding ways to be effective playing off Tatum. You know, when Tatum's yeah. drawing all the coverages, you know, Jalen Brown, he can get off the mid-range. You can score inside. He can, he can take guys. He can challenge guys, finish strong, hit the three. Um, I, I'm not going to say Jalen Brown is the key because, I mean, they're, they're keying up so much on Tatum. It's giving Jalen Brown those better uh, advantages and those better opportunities he's making. And he's, make, you know, he's making them pay for it. But, um, uh, is, you know, Tatum's going to – the Celtics can't just rely on Jalen Brown you know, playing off of Tatum, they need Tatum to be good to to be able to go all the way. Jordan? I mean, I wasn't shocked at this result. The Warriors, I mean, I bet the Warriors plus two and a half on the game because uh, the Warriors 12 and two at home. They're yeah, a really good, good team yeah. at home. Uh, but on the road, they play with the Orlando Magic. I mean, they're two and 11 on the road. They're a very subpar team on the road. At home, they're averaging 100, 120 points per game on a uh, 48% shooting, 38% from three. On the road, they're averaging 114 points per game, uh, 46% from the field, 35% from three. But biggest thing is they're giving up 123 points per game on the road, um, which is a huge difference uh, compared to at home. So really, I mean, they're they're putting up points wherever they go. It's really their defensive energy and their effort on the road compared to at home. You know, the Warriors have always been a good home team going back to 2014, right, when they were undefeated at home. And their only yeah, loss yeah. was surprisingly to the Celtics. Um, as far as the Celtics go, there was some regression due at some point because they were shooting 40% from three. That's just – that's not sustainable. <laughs> it's not, dude. Over the course of a season, it's just not sustainable. So, eventually, you're going to have regression to the mean – and you're gonna you're gonna get some L's, dude. I mean, they're they're blowing teams out because they're shooting over forty percent from three. That's just it's just not sustainable. As far as the Warriors go long term, you know, if they can find the balance between their home and road splits, they have to be able to play on the road at some point. 
they have to be as effective on the road as they are at home or or closer to as effective. You can't be two and eleven on the road and twelve and two at home. I mean, it's completely mm-hmm. polar opposite. At that point, you're gonna be a six, seven seed. And why why are why are they like that? Is it because they're they're young outside of their starting four, five? Their bench is really young and they lost DiVincenzo for a minute, so it became even younger. I think he was like the stabilizer on the bench. I, I, I like Poole, but I don't think he's good enough to carry a young bench. So they, 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 their bench, they're, I believe they're starting five still has the best net rating in basketball. And their bench, uh, although it might be trending up lately, is is towards the bottom still, last time I checked. So when they go with any of their bench, they haven't been getting killed. You know, benches play better at home. To, to point towards the data you were putting in, benches normally play better at home. So that, that kind of explains that. But, yeah, it's mainly because – a lot of young guys off the bench, they were trying to force the Wiseman thing to happen. The organization finally gave it up and said, we got to send this guy to G League to get his reps. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Dimitrenzo came back. The bench started playing better. He's a good two-way player, I think, for them. He's been playing well. I know you had his – you're a Bucks fan and had your guys by high playing Milwaukee, but he's playing good two-way ball for the Warriors. I think Jermichael Green – is going to have to play better defense. I think he's not a very good defender, but they like how he stretches the floor. So the big thing, I, I think, the big thing that Kings brought up is the development of Kaminga, because I think if you you get him a lottery pick to start playing to the level that you drafted him, that that changes things as far as your ceiling and your versatility can go. Yeah, but that Celtics game that was very impressive. Like he's he's defending Brown and Tatum doesn't seem overwhelmed. Starting to find himself in the offense, knowing where to cut, where to spot up, playing without the ball. And I think if he can earn earn Kerr's trust, which is, you know, hard to do for young players in that system, that will, you know, have them trending way up, in my opinion. That's a big wild card for me. Yeah, I agree. agree. Big game Tuesday. Is that Tuesday, Kings? Lakers and Celtics? Let me go and check. I think so. It it, it is the next it is the Lakers Lakers game. Yeah, it is Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. So that that should be fun, <laughs> fun to watch. Uh, Lakers Lakers at home. So I think it'll be more prepared than people think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lakers. Uh, that that was barely squeezed by the Pistons <laughs> today. In I, the think, I think it was some, I think it was some looking forward with today's right, game. Right, right, right. But I think if LeBron and AD keep playing how they're playing, the game will be competitive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Moving on, there were some slight fireworks this evening or this weekend between the Suns and the Celtics. The Suns and Celtics, Suns and Pelicans, excuse me, Pelicans and Suns played two games this weekend, all both in New Orleans. On Friday, the Pelicans beat the Suns 128-117 behind 35-7-4 from Zion, 20 points from uh, Bad Bunny, as Kings like to call him, a.k.a. Jose Alvarado. Yeah. <laughs> Continues to be one of the best value contracts in the year on a four-year minimum. Uh, shout out his agent. You got to be better than that. Um, the big story from this game, though, was it was 126-117, time running out. Zion does a 360 windmill at the end of the game. Tempers flare. Guys come chest to chest. A lot of wolfing. A lot of animosity because the Suns ended the Pelican seasons last year. They come back. I think Booker sitting out took something away from the luster of the game, but the Pelicans do win in OT. Zion drops another 35, eight boards, three assists. CJ breaks out of his slump. Saw Teflon Reeks tweets from last night, 29-7 and four. <laughs> and the Pelicans win that one in OT. First off, from a basketball, you got we're all avid basketball fans. Did you guys have a problem with the dunk? And if not, tell me why. If so, tell me why you did. I didn't because Chris Paul <laughs> could have held the ball out and he could have ran the clock out himself. Instead, he tries to go for a layup, misses it, 
I got, I got no issue with it, man. I got zero issue with it. If if they were so upset with running out the clock, then you hold the ball and run out the clock because the shot clock was already off when you had the foot when you had the basketball. Right. You know what I mean? So I got no issue with it. Plus, like Zion said, like after what he saw, you know, he had to sit there. He had nothing. He couldn't do anything about it last year. He saw his guys get sent home from that team. And and to be honest, dude, the Suns are just they're such a clown team, dude. Like <laughs> They are the easiest team to hate, dude. Like, this is the same team that goes and posts social media videos of them working out after wins. And they, like, everybody, like, they don't, nobody likes this team in the league, dude. You could tell when they play this team. Like, they don't respect this team. And for them to, like, have that kind of animosity, it's like, dude, look what you, look what you guys do. You know what I mean? You think people are going to respect you? Like, why should they, why should that team respect you? You don't respect anybody else. Yeah, it was funny on the jumbotron before the game, the Pelicans played the video of him just uh, elbowing Alvarado in the chin for no reason, <laughs> running up the court before Zion did the duck. Uh, Kings, did you have an issue with the with the Zion that got into the game? Uh, so I mean, when I first saw, I, I was I was just kind of hyped for the crowd. You know, I mean, it was great, <laughs> great energy. I mean, I personally didn't didn't care. You know what I mean? I, I didn't even know it was a big deal until I looked at the time and I was like, oh, I guess, you know, I was like, I guess, man. But it's like me, it was like it was, he was playing for the crowd. He was, he was hyped up, juiced up. There's, I guess, an unwritten rule. But uh, Chris Paul's messed with that unwritten rule multiple times that people have shown. So, it's, you know, and, it, and when you when it's when it's bad blood like that, that's what happens, you know. Just like when it was Grizzlies and Wolves like us last year, we were gritting on each other's home courts. You know what I mean? It's just you know, it, it, it's, what it, it's what it is when that when when that when that happens, right? When when it's like when it's like that between two rivals, you know, All right? And you know, the Suns and Pelicans are kind of building that type of rivalry now, based off that playoff series, and now both are being really good. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's just how it goes. I mean, if you don't like it. You know, win the game or like Jordan said, hold the ball. <laughs> you had the ball. The game was over, you know. I had an issue with it, but then I didn't. I was like, I get it. The coaching you had an issue. Yeah, the coaching you had an issue. Right. But it's just like Zion said it. I wasn't there last year. He feel like he could have made a difference. I've seen the Suns on multiple occasions. And people put videos all over social media of them taking layups late in games to pad their stats or get an extra bucket, and people exactly. getting mad at them, and they just kind of got a serving of that and tried to serve the same energy. So that's kind of that's kind of where I was with it. Um, I feel bad because Devin Booker is one of my favorite players. I am a staunch DeAndre Ayton defender <laughs> on the app. He gets a bad rap. I think he's a very good center, not quite elite, but still very good. You can win a lot of games with that guy anchoring your team. So, you know, but you're right. The Suns are, for some reason, are super unlikable. There's only one guy I'm not a fan of on the Suns. Uh, you've known him for years, Jordan and Kings. I did not like uh, – I'm not a big Chris Paul fan. I acknowledge the greatness. First ballot Hall of Famer. No doubt top 10 point guard to ever play. Just not a fan of, like, dirty basketball. But, point guard, top five point guard to ever play. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. I just, you know, you know me. I'm not going to put him over my Bay Area legends, but I got you. Uh, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, I did not have an, have an issue with that. Moving on to the to the the Pelicans. Jordan, you, you've you been on this train before I was. I was hesitant to get on. I think I'm going to hop on now. Um, They're for real, man. I know you said it. I, I was hesitant. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hop on now. So just Pelicans are second in net rating. Number yep. five in offense, number three in defense, only team in the NBA right now, top five in both. Yep. You're going to have to defend the banter you and Reek put out there last night while you're not quite there. That's what we're here for. I had to, I had to, had to put your feet to the fire. Go ahead and tell me why you're skeptical about what you're seeing so far. Well, you know, you know, Reek, first of all, people that I remember Reek speaking hyperbole. So you right, you right. So when he says smoke, he's, I know he said smoke. Smoke. he's just he's just saying they're gonna lose, they're gonna end up right, losing, right. you know, earlier than what many people anticipate. Um, but I mean, like, you know, for me, the Pelicans are a good team. They're definitely a team that's gonna make it past the first round. You know, they have a very deep team. Um, my my issues because comes, and this comes from just years of watching playoff series, years of watching different adjustments. Was when it when it becomes a half court game, 
um, issues like rim protection, issues like half-court facilitating, half-court playmaking, they get magnified because possessions, possession uh, importance magnifies in a playoff series. And that's where I'm, I'm questionable because, you know, in those type of situations where you have, you know, when you don't have a good, good rim protector uh, necessarily in terms of someone who's athletic, someone who's imposing, right, and is versatile, uh, it's gonna it's gonna come down to other guys to help pick up the slack on that. Uh, you saw with with the Cavs, you had you know Brian pick up that slack. You know what I'm saying? And then you, um, when you saw it with the um, even OKC's run, you know sometimes even though they had Ibaka, you know sometimes KD would go in there help on help defense. So it's like you know what I mean when possessions matter, you start you you like you're gonna have to really hunker down defense, especially on the inside. And then on the, and then in the half court playmaking who can set guys up consistently, find the right read consistently. Um, I don't trust CJ to do that. I'm sorry. Um, Brandon Ingram's job. Huh? What was that? That's, that's, that's Ingram's job when he gets back. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, Brandon Ingram, I, know I was going to speak to him. Brandon Ingram's a good playmaking forward, but, uh, you know, it's, it's it, we'll see. We'll see, you know, in, in, in when the when this, when scheme's tying down. I know they had, he had a great – he had a good series against the – the Suns, but I mean, Jordan, you know, as much as skeptical as Jordan has been about the Suns, I've been like right behind them ever since they lost to the Bucks. Uh, there's just something about them after losing to the Bucks, especially last year. I just kind of, you know, turn, kind of turned me away. I just didn't like, you know, I just like their approaches to games and, you know, it's just, it's just something about their team. It's just, just it's not appealing to me, but, you know, it's just getting back to the Pelicans. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah Brandon Ingram, he's a, he's a great playmaking forward. I don't know if it would be enough in a in you know in a playoff in a high stakes playoff series. I'm talking about past round one when you're pacing right. the real contenders. You know what I mean? Because at this point, I'm not judging the Pelicans on just a regular playoff team because they're yeah. definitely good enough to you know make a deep playoff run. I'm judging them as okay. We're gonna judge them on on the scale of championship caliber teams. Oh, and right. They have the ratings. They have all the the statistics. But when I look at the you know the roster makeup, I see a lot of youth. And you know how it is with young teams and closing the deals and, and, and being able to capitalize and making the cerebral reads at the end of games. And I see those two holes, I think, are just, man, they they bite you at the worst times. And I just think that is going to hold them back uh, this year. But I, I, they have a great court. And I think if they, you know, if they address that, they get more experience. I mean, Zion's is is right there with Luka and Tatum as the best of the next gen uh, right, right behind you know what Giannis has established. So I mean, they're definitely going to be a, a contender for years to come. Obviously, yeah. I just went. I, I was saying that too. I look, Giannis is only twenty seven, so like it's kind of crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I said Giannis because he's already yeah, so, it, you know. So, so my my thing with that, I'm with you on the rim protection thing. It's why I've begged for a couple years for the, for the Miles Turner thing. Although yeah. JV was better than him last year, so I get it. The biggest thing for me. That, that, that's going to be an issue. Uh, that's why I do fear the Denver Nuggets in a series because that puts you in a situation where you have to leave JV out there. The Pelicans' best best lineup is, is the small, the five-wing, kind of five wings. You know, Zion, Larry Nance, then you got Trey, Herb, B.I., or Dyson, depending on who's ever got it, whoever's got it going. So I think Denver, you have to play big. That That's scary. Also, the Warriors because of experience, but I'm with you. I'm with you on the on the win protection. I think that is a fair, a very fair question. Today, their issue with Phoenix, the game they won, they gave up almost 40 points in the paint in the first half. That was a big adjustment yeah. that they had to make. So that, you know, that Rick that's, is calling out JV on on eight uh, on three. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So the other the other thing, uh, the playmaking. I feel like Bi and Zion are very good playmakers for their positions. You know, the, the analytics back that up. The eye test back that up. Your brother to that was very fair. Can that be done in a playoff series against championship-level defense? And for me – In a half-court half half Right. So that and means – That's the yeah. key. Those are the key things I'm looking right. at. So I have to check clean – I have to check clean the glass for their half their half-court offensive ratings to see. But I want to think the thing that gives me faith in the plug is they've been a very good fourth quarter and clutch team this season. One of the best in the NBA – I think that, you know, factors in well as you start to consider what they will do in the postseason. So I'm looking at how they match up uh, Memphis, Denver, 
Phoenix, Golden State. I saw my Clippers stock, but if, if you believe in that, I think they match up well with those teams. If the Lakers make a trade, we'll see. With AD and Zion, are, I mean, AD and LeBron are playing out of their minds offensively. So Lakers make a trade, you have to factor that in as well. But I think match up well with anybody. It's one of those years where anybody can get it. I told, I mean, I think we yeah. talked about this last week. I think honestly, the safest pick right now is Memphis. No. <laughs> I I agree with the rim protection thing. They're 28th in rim protection rate right now. There you Six, go. Over 66%. So I do agree with that. They have to they have to address that at some point this season near the trade deadline. Like they have to. But my pushback on the playmaking thing is we just saw a team with no playmaker uh in the Boston Celtics. I mean That's these true. These guys couldn't even hang on to the basketball for a majority of the playoffs and still manage to make it all the way to the finals. You know what I mean? That's a good point. But then, I, I, then I, I here's, mean, my rebuttal. here's my rebuttal. Who did they lose to? Yeah, see that. Yeah. And then the other thing is, you know what I'm saying? I believe that defense I, wasn't it through first three rounds historically great, like going back yeah, to 08 yeah. Pistons. That was the other thing. So I, I think what we're saying is a, there's a multitude of ways to win. I think, yeah. like I said, I, me and Kings have said this for a long time. Those KD era Warriors kind of warped everybody's view of basketball. Like perfect teams don't exist. Every yeah, team yeah. has warts at somewhere, and it's going to be who can overcome those or something else somewhere else. So also the Mavs made it to the Western Conference Finals last year, and they were terrible in room protection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so, I, I I definitely think they have to address it. They have to address <laughs> that rim protection because that is their biggest flaw, without a doubt. Yeah, we yeah, all yeah. agree with that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, no, yeah, up, you know, I was gonna say you brought more of them going to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, that's the type of team the Pelicans right. are, right? They're a team that can make a deep playoff run. But you know, I think a lot of people they're excited and they're looking at the success type of deep team they had and thinking championship aspirations as they should. Especially if you're a fan of the team, been a fan of the team for years, of course you should have that aspirations. But for me, if I'm looking at it from a championship standpoint, right, it's like. Now I have to be extra critical about certain things that we know champion teams have championship teams have to have. So I'm just looking at, or are they going to make a deep platform? Of course, they, the deepest team right. we have great young talent. You know, I'm not have, picking them to lose in the first round. Maybe Reek might because you know he has what he feels about Brandon Ingram, but I'm not. I like Brandon Ingram's game. I'm not going to pick him to lose in the first round. I, you know, depending on who they match up with in the second round, I might have him in the Western Conference Finals too. But in terms of just going all the way, it's like those certain things just. Yep. Not gonna allow me for me to say, oh, they're a finals team. Yeah, my biggest thing for the Pelicans, honestly, is are, are they gonna be? I think Zion's okay. I think there's been an anomaly with these freaky injuries. Are they gonna be able to just keep Ingram on the floor? I think that's the that's the big thing. I, I don't think I, I don't I think he's barely plus sixty one time. And the end of the year is always something. So even last year was the finger, and he just played through it. But well, I think that's the biggest issue. Are they gonna be able to keep Ingram on the floor before anything else? But the rim protection, definitely, hundred percent. Agree, and I am a JV fan. I just think they need, with the way their team is set up, they need a rim protecting center. That's you know how I feel about it. Oh, real quick, I also think a, a thing that benefits them and, and which kind of uh, you know covers up their rim protection is that they do have great perimeter defenders. Yeah, they have yeah. three really, three yeah. really good defenders: Trey, Herb, and Dyson Daniels. They have like those are like legit. Jose Alvarado and Alvarado, yeah, against smaller guards on the guard. Right. I mean, they, they're able because that was a big thing about the the Utah Jazz the last few years, right? Was they could <laughs> they couldn't keep anybody in front of them, and it's like the polar opposite of of the Pelicans. Like they can keep guys in front of them, they just can't defend on the back end. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know if that guy's going to come available in the in, at the trade deadline, at least like from a high production value standpoint. I mean, Miles Turner's out there. You just got to be able. You want to pay the two first for him. I don't think anybody's going to meet that price. Yeah. Maybe Chris Boucher. Even after that, Miles Turner, if they just even got Mo Bamba, you know what I mean? If they just right, got right, Mo right. In that and just that they can put in those situations for and so instead of the playoffs, that playing JV for those twenty minutes, you play Mo Bamba for uh, rim protection, then you roll out your small to close out. Like that's that's even enough to make them more of a, t- a solidified title contender. You know, I, I think the one the one thing I think they actually tried to address. I think the one. One of the few misses, I think the first couple of years was rough of David Griffin era, but he's been on fire the last couple of years. One of the few misses was taking Hayes that early. 
because yeah. he that's kind of his role, super athletic, you know, post player, supposed to be able to, you know, be rangy, protect the rim. He just you know, he can't get on the floor for for whatever reason. So I think that's it is something they're trying to just they couldn't get it done. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um gotta move on to Kings, Timberwolves now. Gotta talk uh, about them. Three and two without cat wins against Memphis and the Pacers. L against um OKC. Uh and in that time, 24, 5 and 5, 45, 38, 85 splits, 2.1 net rating in that span, ninth, sixth ranked deep, sixth ranked offense, 21st ranked defense. Kings, I'll let you go first. This is your team. Maybe a little better, playing a little better around cat. I think I thought it was always going to be an adjustment when you throw a piece as big as Rudy on a team. So I know I think that got to throw him that bail, but fair to ask, what do you think this team's future is with Cat? Especially yeah. if M keeps playing like this, the ball's in his hands more. He's showing a little bit of play, making chops, a little more efficient. He has a couple times in the season hints that wanting to play with just one big on the floor, keeping the floor spaced. So what do you think should happen? Yeah, you know, because with Cat, the floor should still be spaced offensively, which it is. Um, I think I think more the issue is that, you know, they got to play slower when it's oh, yeah, yeah. go bare because you have two big you have two bigs who can't run the floor in terms of, you know, what I mean, like Gobert can finish and transition in terms of as a as a as a lagging as a lagging runner and as a lagging big. You know, what I mean, uh, but Cat's not trying to get out and run and, and, and finish that transition. Like that, uh, you know what I'm saying? And. So when you, when you play slower, it, it allows teams to get set set more easily. Uh, whereas if you ever to play like a more you know athletic run, running four, it's not like Ant can get easier buckets in transition. You know, pace can be pushed, etc. Uh, no, we still have a good offense when it cast there because we are four spaced out. Or, you know, we have good scores, we have good shooting. Um, you know, good. We have a good coach, a good philosophy, but just the pace. Like, and then the and then and then the defense, like really just. Um, we just give up a lot because we can't guard the perimeter. But if we have, you know, if we focus on uh, for playing one big, which is Rudy with that elite rim protection, and we have good perimeter defense around that, you know, our defense is going to be a lot better. I think with me, it's like, you know, we're kind of the fact that it's even the fact that we had like we lost Cat, who we've had on our team for years. We were, and we're using Rudy, and we're still like the same if not slightly better with just Rudy a guy who's completely new the fact that that's even a thing is kind of troubling you know what I mean to me if that's our franchise guy if we lose you and we have a new big and we're still at the same pace like it's it then it begs the question about is it worth retaining you and paying you instead of just getting better and building around what we already have and using you as the way to get better. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, I look at it as if I go to the Raptors, if I say, Hey, I want OG Fred and some picks. It's like, now I recoup some of the picks I lost to go bear. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple first. And then now I have Fred, I have, Ant, I have uh, Jaden, I have OG and I have Rudy Gobert defensively. And now I have one big offensively. I have a, a bunch of versatile uh, athletic guys around that. And on defense, I have good perimeter defenders with an elite rim protect. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm going to lie. I absolutely love that trade for both teams. I think the you Raptors know what I'm saying? Been, like, Raptors have been looking for a center for like five years now. 45 years. And, so, and one who's offensively skilled, too. Like right. You can stretch the floor. So it's like it just makes a lot of sense. And I'm just like, at some point, you have to just turn the team over to Anthony Edwards. So I'm of the mindset of he's already been to the playoffs. Just start now. You know what I mean? Like, just do it now. Um, we've already been through the cat era with multiple casts. I think it's time to let him go somewhere else, see if somewhere else is better for him. Uh, in regards to D'Lo, if we actually move cat, I'm actually, for that in that deal, I'm actually not opposed to D'Lo being a six man. I think his attributes and his skill set fit that role best. I also think his market has plummeted so much that he would be able to get paid properly as a six man. 
right? And moving cat would allow us to give him a decent a decent salary as a six man. So I just think we have a lot more versatility and a lot more um a lot more uh, just a lot more options going forward if we move cat. If we keep cat, we're just stuck trying to make it work. And and we're and it hinders the moves we can make as opposed to moving him and trying to just go through with uh you know Ant and uh, Rudy. I don't think there's any chance the Raptors trade picks along with OG for Cat. I mean, the, the way thing he's playing is, this year, that's fair. The way he's playing this year, that's fair. Last year, you could have got him away, but this year, nah. The thing, the thing, the thing is, you also have to get rid of Fred contract too. That's not, you know, Fred's a great piece, but that's not the most, you know, desirable contract on, on, on out there right now. I think you can get at least one first from them. Maybe not two, but you can get at least one from them. Because Cat is still, like somebody said, Cat is still an all-NBA player. And at the end of the day, that he's still an all-NBA big, and he shoots at an all-time rate as a big man, you know? Yeah, this this is a fit thing, not a talent thing. So I think that's fair. It's, not, yeah. it's definitely not a talent issue here as a fit. Go ahead, Jordan. Keep going. No, I, I agree with that as far as, like, the fit. But, I mean, the one thing with with the with the Raptors is, and and why I've liked them is because I do believe they're so versatile because they have so many like six, eight, six, seven guys that are long and athletic that I don't really think that you need a big, and I don't think that's their, their reason why they're playing bad this year. Like this year they have a guy in Fred Van Vliet who literally aged 20 years in an off season. Like he's, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like trading OG doesn't solve their problem for cat. It's, yeah, getting rid of Fred Van Fleet is probably the biggest thing they need to do because their guard play is atrocious. You know what I mean? But I think Van, I think Van, I'll let you get. I think Van Fleet needs to be knocked. I, I love Van Fleet. He needs to be knocked down a pick. He shouldn't be your your primary initiator. Yep, he I agree. Able to attack he, close which is why he, would, he would be much better on us playing off Ant and then having Dela also to help off the bench. But go ahead, Jordan. Go ahead, Jordan. I'm sorry about that. No, no, it's all. I think that's fair, and and that's what I'm saying. Like Fred Van Fleet, sixteen three and six on 36, 32, 85 splits this year. His lowest PER since twenty eighteen. I mean, dude, he's he's terrible. the The Raptors are twenty fifth in points per possession. I mean, they have issues, and and Cat's not solving that. You, know? you don't think he helps twenty fifth uh, in PPP? Who's getting him the ball? I mean, but the fact that he can space the floor for guys. That's what I'm saying. Like he makes he makes Siakam's job a lot easier, in my opinion. Like him and Siakam are a great fit in in theory. In theory, I agree. So same with Scotty Barnes, right? I think right. So I think in theory, in theory, it, 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 you know, things got to play. But I think in theory, Cat is an ideal center for those two guys who like to attack the rim. I mean, I could see it. I just, I think OG is such a, uh, I think OG Scotty and Pascal are so versatile, man. It's just like. It's it's just tough to break up that pairing. Like I do think that they made a mistake giving Fred Van Fleet that contract. You know they could have let him walk and even keep kept Kyle Lowry. They're probably in a better situation right now. We're gonna talk about that guy in a minute. <laughs> we'll see. So the King, I, I actually thought I, I'm, that's actually a, I think that's a that's a very interesting. Usually fans put out trades that are like one sided. That is a very I thought that that's very intriguing to me. Oh, no, it is, it is intriguing. Yeah. And, and you know what? If you look on Twitter, I, both fan bases like the trade. Like <laughs> both fan bases like the trade. The only hangup is how many picks get involved. But in terms of cat for for OG and Fred, like both fan bases are like, yeah, let's do this tomorrow. You know, for for, for at least for the people I've seen. So I'm I'm very high on OG. That's why I'm like very hesitant. Hey, my, my OG, my OG had a Nobi tweets. I may overshot, but I was like, the Raptors are too. I think. The Raptors are too, I think, but I think the way the fans look at it is they believe a lot in Scotty. Um, the trade Stockham in that trade for Cat. Hmm. You know, I th- I th- I thought about I thought about it, but like you know, it could potentially work. But I would just rather have OG. And I think I think the Raptors <laughs> OG too. And because because he's a wing, and I think the rap I think the way the Raptors are looking at it is like since Pascal's their leading scorer and Scotty's not there yet, they'd rather transition them. Transition him over and give him that floor spacing big. Well, okay, there was a famous quote by the great Jerry West. He said if it was his choice, his way of building the roster was he would have five, six, seven, six, yep. eight players that could yep. switch everything and, and do everything, right? And I think that's how the Raptors, that's the way they're trying to approach the game a little bit. And they're well, doing I, 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 You can say that, but, but 
at some point, I think you're going to need a big. I mean, you can't you can't eliminate the big from basketball. I think if the playmaking is fine, you can get over not having a point guard, but you're going to need a big guy at some point. Just for the fact, like you, Giannis, you're going to run into like a unicorn like Giannis at some point. You know what I mean? You, Stuff like that. You let you let an Aiden have you know a career right. run on because you, right. you, know, you can't guard any type of big. It's like you know these bigs are super athletic. I mean, try putting. Try using that philosophy now that you have Bobos and Victor Webb and Yamas right. and see how right. see where that's gonna take you in, in eight years. Like you need big men now. Yeah. You know I just I mean? gotta say a lot of big guys. I never sold the Bobo stock. I held out hope. <laughs> part, of was, part of it was he's just an absolute cheat code on 2K. Like a mini KD. I was like, I'm not hey, selling my we, stock. We we went to Summer League. I saw Bobo <laughs> in person. That's a big dude, man. Yeah, so that's a I tall never dude I, dude, I, man. I never I never gave up. Bobo, man. We were talking about we were talking about the Mavs not being able to get a guy for for Luka. Imagine they just got him on a flyer, bro. Oh, (laughs) and that's ideal kind of guy you want, right? Protect the rim and shoot a three, right? Kristaps Porzingis. I mean, why did they trade that guy? That him and Luka didn't like playing together. I mean, I I, on paper it looks like it fits. They did not like playing together, and that's from people who. Who have I think me me and Kings did a pod with your boy Hendo man, who works with them, who does media for the Mavs. He they just didn't like playing together. Like it wasn't going to work, just personality wise. That's crazy. I can't remember too if there was issues with the with with the with their like country of origins too playing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I just don't like. I remember if that was a case too, but yeah, they just they really just didn't like yeah. each other. At all. I remember we had Hendo on. Hendo was like, "Nah, that's not. They, they got to get off. That. <laughs> like that that had to happen." Where's Porzingis from? He's from uh, I think Latvia. I think yeah, Latvia. Yeah, yeah in, uh, in the Doncic is from Slovenia. Slovenia, right? Yeah. 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 Them, them like uh, oh, King. You must be up on the geopolitics, man. You I know. Had man. An answer in the Come back on, pocket, yeah. bro. Thought, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, I can't remember if, if that played a role in it or not, too. But I just know they just hated each other. Like, no, I just know it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a good. Bad that the, their basketball personalities weren't weren't meshing. Staying in the East, got to talk about a slightly disappointing team this year: Miami Heat, Eastern Conference Finals, and Jimmy pull up three from actually going to the finals. He went for it all, did not make it. Miami Heat, 12 and 15, 5 and 5 in the last 10. Odd thing is, not much change with their roster that made to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think a lot of core pieces are older. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing. That Lowry, even last year, I would say the Lowry signing was a flop. They excelled in spite of that. But Jimmy's missed 10 games, to be fair. He's having a very good year 22, 7 and 5 on 52% shooting. My thing with the Heat is just, Offensively, man, 25th in offensive rating, 8th in defense. They just can't score enough. I just I keep waiting for Bam to take that next step with offensive aggression because the toolkit is there. But he's just a very, I don't want to say passive, but he's just not a, I'm going to get 25 every night guy. I think that's kind of what they need from him. So just where, where are you with the Heat, Jordan? I know you, you know, kind of brought this up. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, past couple of years this has been a team that's been contending for the east you know what i mean like they've right. been at the top and it's been a team that everybody expects to be at the top but i agree with you you know they lose pj tucker which i don't necessarily think is a bad loss because i think pj tucker's kind of fallen off a hill too um and he kind of did at the end of last year as well yeah. like, like like these guys are getting like a lot of these guys are getting old i think a lot of these guys played over their heads previously duncan robinson um for sure him for sure <laughs> uh Struce has played over his head a little bit last year uh the martin one of the martin twins i just think that this team like eventually they were going to come down to earth and then tyler hero gets played off the floor in big games because he can't defend a soul that's the, i think that's probably the biggest issue in my opinion when you've invested that much in duncan man <laughs> They should have so high on them a long time ago. Yeah, they could have gotten Harden for I know I know Harden's kind of like falling off too, but they could have got Harden if they just threw a hero in there. They don't. And like heroes, he's he's this guy, he's a great six man, but you're paying him more than that. You know what I mean? You're paying him to be one of your top three production players, and he's just not that. And I agree with the BAM situation too. Like you keep waiting for BAM to take this step forward offensively. You keep waiting him to take this 
waiting for him to take this jump and he just never does. I don't know if it's that he doesn't want to, that he's not aggressive, that he doesn't have the assertiveness or that he just doesn't have it in him to play that kind of style of basketball. You know, I just, I just think this roster, it's very flawed. I don't think he can play that type of basketball and be the defender that he is. I think what you're seeing this year is the, is the height. I think he could be a low 20 points per game type of guy, uh, get you some outbursts here and there. But if you want him to be that defender that you're asking him to be, you can't expect him to do that and score 25. Like he's not as like, he's very physically gifted athletically. So he's able to, you know, score and be able to, um, you know, play defense at a high level, but he's not as like skilled to make it as easy as let's say Anthony Davis does right. Offensively, like Anthony Davis can play the type of defense Bam does, but he'll give you 26 to 28 because he's just more skilled offensively. So it's just easier on him to get buckets. He doesn't have to work as hard. You know what I mean? Like he can get, he can average 25 scoring 80% of his buckets off assists from somebody else. You know what I mean? Like it's just easier for him to find ways to score. So um, that's really the difference with Bam. He's just not, he's not capable of putting up high numbers and playing elite defense at the same time. Bam reminds me of a very poor man's Giannis. Huh. I kind of I kind of see him as a offensively worse but defensively better Chris Bosch, funny enough. Like just just that just this like his impact. Like he's just he's much better defensively, but offensively he's he's just way less versatile. Yeah, I find it out because he's got everything. He got that little mid-range pull-up. He's a very big, strong, quick, athletic guy. He's good at facilitating yeah. He's a very good player. He's a very good player. It's just the this he has he has to work harder than other guys to get his game on. And ultimately, when you're having to defend the way he does, it's like you just it's well something's gonna take a hit. You know, I think the I think Pat Riley's vision was always using Bam Adebayo similar to Draymond Green. However, Miami doesn't have the offensive pieces of a Stephen Clay, right? You know, and that's and, a, you know what, that's another good point. I think if he played, like the thing is, like the uh, his other best perimeter defenders, they can't shoot. So when they're on the floor, <laughs> when they're on the floor with him, it's harder for him to score. But yeah. he gets to save that in defense, but it's harder for him to score. And then when he does have his shooters around him, they can't defend. He defend so at all <laughs> on the defensive end. Whereas Draymond Green, you know, what I mean, when he's with his shooters. They both shoot and defend. So it's what I'm saying. So he gets to just play make our offense and just the you know play his help side role, quarterback the defense. Cause he has guys who can do both. Whereas Bam, it's always one or the other. So like I said, it's hard for him because he can't, you know, what I mean, he, he's not as skilled as Anthony Davis. So it's not as easy for him to get put points. So he has to really pick and choose where he's gonna put his energy toward. Yep. That's right. The two-way play is is high. It's, it takes a lot of stamina. It's not easy. Man, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Before we get out of here, one thing. Jordan, anything gambling-wise we need to know with the NBA? Um, We're taking Clippers plus three and a half tomorrow against the Celtics. Celtics are going to be on a back-to-back. They got the Clippers tomorrow and then the Lakers on Tuesday. I think they're going to put forth a lot more energy towards playing the Lakers on Tuesday since that's a nationally televised game. Tomorrow night is not. Also, it is a it is a lean only for the sense because we never know who's gonna play for the Clippers. You know, you gotta <laughs> wait till thirty minutes before tip off to figure out who's gonna play. But I do expect the Clippers to get up for this game. Um, like I said, I, I've been expecting some regression from Boston in terms of three point shooting, and the Clippers have been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. So, I like the Clippers plus three and a half tomorrow. Uh, our Sacramento Kings falling a little bit back to earth, gentlemen. A little bit back to earth the last couple that of years. Always, that was always going to happen. That was always going to happen. They don't defend. You know that. Yeah, they don't. Five, five, five and five, the last ten. Kind of evening out, definitely, for sure. Um, two big games on Tuesday, Celtics-Lakers. I need you guys give me a prediction for Celtics-Lakers and Warriors-Bucks. That's a TNT doubleheader on Tuesday. Where's Warriors-Bucks at? Warriors-Bucks is in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. No Chris Middleton. How they bad? Been, how bad is that ankle injury? They used they say, to they're saying a sprained ankle, so I don't. I definitely don't expect him to play on Tuesday. This guy they cannot stay healthy. Anymore. All right. So we all three of us got Bucks on Tuesday. Celtics, Lakers in Staples. 
I got, Jordan, I got Lakers. I got Celtics by double digits. On a back-to-back? Yep, because I, I think they're going to kind of coast tomorrow. I think they're going to kind of take tomorrow off, and they're going to put their pedal to the metal national television against the Lakers because that's a big they're, they're definitely they're definitely gonna they're gonna put their pedal to the metal, but you know, one of the teams that Brown hates the most in his career and loves to show up against every time is Boston. And the Lakers are playing at home. So uh I'll 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 lean with the Lakers in the close one on this one. They have been in Southern California since you love Saturday that night. angle, dude. But look, the stats back it up. Every you think that every team that spins the extended L.A. weekend, what happens the last night they're out there? Oh, wait, wait, this is this an L.A. back-to-back, too? Yeah, yeah they've, been in Cal- they've been in SoCal. Remember, they, they were played at Golden State, so they've been in L.A. They, since Saturday night. They, 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 these players go out. I, I, I was at Nice Guys before the Kings <laughs> played the Clippers, and I saw some folks in that mud, so I'm just hey, saying. There's no way they lose both, though. <laughs> that, that's fine. I'm going to say, but that, that when, that, when NBA teams spend that extended stay in Southern California, it happened to the Pelicans earlier this year. And this is when the Lakers were playing bad. The one when they were able to get off, they caught the Pelicans spending four days in Southern California. Oh, let me see if we have a line out for that game on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wise, check that out. Make sure you follow RIP Kings on Twitter. RIP Kingsborough on Twitter. Myself, JJ Maples, 55 underscore MST, and Jordan Rules TSP. Jordan, tell us about your other stuff while you're getting that out, please. Uh, Taproom Sports Podcast. If you uh, like to wager on sports, definitely check us out Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, 9.15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, live on YouTube and Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taproom Sports. You can catch it on all of the podcast channels, Apple, uh, Google, Spotify. I don't even know what else is. iHeartRadio. We're, we're available on all. I do not have a line for the Lakers uh Celtics. I'm I'm gonna guess that it's gonna be Lakers minus one and a half, probably. That's gonna be my guess. Mm. Maybe Celtics minus one, one and a half. If Dak wins a playoff game, have you on a football pot so I can just gloat real quick. Hey, you, you know, you're always welcome to come on <laughs> on the football pods, man. We can always talk uh I've been the biggest stark defender of the Cowboys this year, man. I literally uh, just defended him for 30 minutes tonight, Jason. Nah, I'm, I, I got a, that quarterback play. Got to get better. Plus, the playoffs is about can he make the throws, the key throws, and not turn it over. I'm worried about both. Um, make sure you follow us. Subscribe to the pod. Rate, rate, rate. Subscribe. Give us feedback. We got a Q&A episode coming up real soon to kind of canvas the entire NBA. You guys have been asking for that. You guys keep rocking with the pod. I appreciate you. You guys be safe, and we are out of here. Peace, y'all.